Hey guys, this is Mike, and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. I commented on a post in one of the Neville Goddard-type groups that I saw on, on Facebook, in Facebook, on Facebook, whatever, this past week. And it was about, they were quoting a teacher, someone they follow that teaches uh, teaches what Neville taught, but also with their own things that work for them, different techniques. And the question was about specificity. And the person was saying that this teacher is saying that if you're specific in your imagining or whatever it is you want, if, you, if you're too specific, then it slows things down. I get what that teacher is saying, I think, that when you're trying to control it, too specifically, that it has to be done this way. This is the way I want this, and this is the way it needs to be done. Then that can slow things down, or you might, you know, it just leads to frustration on my part for me when I've tried doing it that way. But that's when I'm messing with the middle, messing with the steps to get to where I want to be, what Neville Goddard calls the bridge of incident. So when I'm too specific in my details, yeah, it could sometimes I can it can lead to frustration. It has in the past for me, but I don't do that anymore. In my own experience, I, I have been both specific and general, uh, not at the same time. <laughs> I've been specific in things and general in other ways. Um, as far as frustration and length of time when things seem to take longer. Um, and that goes back to this post. They were saying that if you're specific, you delay the manifestation, the outpicturing of whatever it is you want, whatever you're desiring to be. And in my experience, when it, it, things do seem to take longer, but that's when I'm conscious of the clock, watching every second go by totally aware that I don't have what I wanted, that I've, you know, I moved in imagination. I assume the reality of it, but I'm watching the clock tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. You know, it seems to, those days, I remember that when I was, it has to be done by this date. It's got to be done now. You know, I it, yeah, so it does seem to slow things down uh, when I've done it, and it's not. But that's not because I've been specific. It's because I'm not dwelling in the state of my wish fulfilled. I'm not truly conscious of being that which I aspire to be. If I'm staring at the clock and freaking out about it, then I'm not dwelling in the end, not seeing the world from this new state. Do you get that? If, if I'm constantly looking, checking the date or constantly going out of my way to ignore the mail or the calendar because I, I'm scared, because I know bills have to be paid or things have to be done, then I'm not living in the end. So I've been very specific about things. For instance, I've mentioned this a few times uh, when my son was in the motorcycle accident. He, 
I imagined the doctors that after the first two surgeries, I imagined the doctors saying, we're surprised at how well he's doing. It's very specific. And the next morning, the, the surgeon came in and said, we're shocked at how well he's doing. So it wasn't, it wasn't exactly right, but, it, but the point of it, what it implied was very specific, that he's doing, Caleb was doing better than he should be doing, better than what the facts told, were telling the doctors and the doctors were telling us. So it was very specific. And, but you can be very general too. You know, you want to f be wealthy. You want to be prosperity, experience a prosperous life. Maybe you have, I've mentioned this story before, Neville's talked about this woman. He's mentioned it a number of times, but there was a woman that she was just really had so many things to worry about, you know, all these different things. And she was wearing herself out at night trying to imagine a scene, you know, going, trying to get to each one and assuming the, the feeling of the wish fulfilled for each particular thing. I've been there. I've been there where it's like so overwhelming. And to try to be specific with that, I would fall asleep trying to do it or just get so frustrated and it would produce a sort of mania inside me. And I would just, oh, I would just flip out because it was like, it's too much. I can't do it. For me, that's when being general is a big help. And she, in the story that the example that Neville tells is this woman just started dwelling in this feeling of something wonderful is happening to me right now. Not one day it's going to get better. Things will get better one day. No, she was dwelling in that state. Something is happening, something wonderful is happening to me right now. Every morning she would wake up and get right into that feeling and go to sleep in that feeling and dwell in that feeling throughout the day. And it wasn't long. Uh, within a matter of weeks, she had an old friend that who had always said, he was obviously very wealthy, but said, I'm never paying you. I'm never giving you any money. Uh, he never, Neville didn't talk about the details of the relationship, but there was one, they spent a lot of time together, but he always said, I'm never paying you. You're not getting any, any money from me. But she dwelt in that, something wonderful is happening to me right now. And out of the blue, he gives her money. And there's another story, a similar story, of Neville gives an example. Uh, in this one, one case is this woman has this feeling of something wonderful is happening to me now. And she gets the money. And then she gets the money and more money from him. But then she, he stops sending money and she starts to you know, curse him and be hateful toward him and her thoughts and, and what she's saying. And Neville talks about, I hope she gets back into it and real, remember what she did to get the money. How did she live so well? Because of that feeling that something wonderful is happening to me right now. There's another similar story that Neville talks about where the, uh, and I might be getting the details on, on the man, who the man was because both stories are very similar, but one in one case, the woman got, I think $100,000 and then got in more money from him, but then began cursing him because he, like, he, wouldn't, he didn't keep paying her even though she had 
more money than she ever could have imagined having. Another case where this woman, a similar thing, but she ended up getting money to last her the rest of her life. She got payments from this man and then from this man's estate through a lawyer paid to her for the rest of her life. For the rest of her life. So being general is great. And being specific is great. It all comes down to, do you believe in yourself? If you are dead set and believe that what others have told you or you've read it somewhere that said, if you're specific, you don't get it or you're, it's going to take longer, then that's what you will experience. If you believe being general, being is not good enough that you have to be specific. You know, it's, you see where I'm going with this. It's whatever you believe. Don't do what I did and start to take what teachers, you know, online that I came across and authors of books do not take what they say as the rules. Each one of us, myself included, we're talking about from we're talking from experience what works for me, what works for them. So if someone is specifically saying that being specific, you're going to fail, then that's what they've experienced. Don't, don't take what anybody says. Certainly don't take what I say as the dead set rules. Like these are the rules you have to go by. <laughs> My kids... Uh, we play Uno uh, not as often as I, as I, I would like. I love the card game Uno. And then, uh, but then they started wanting to change the rules up. And, you know, this thing about stacking, where you can stack all these draw fours. These, if you've never played Uno, it's a penalty card where you can play and make force someone to draw four additional cards. Anyway, but they wanted to do all these different extra rules to it. And I was like, no, we have to stick to the rules. And then they, then they convinced me that the rules do say that you can do that, that you can do this, these type of things. And they started coming up with other rules, all these other changes. Uh, and then I finally said, that's it. I don't care if the rules say it or not. We're not doing it that way. And but we still had fun with the game. Regardless of the, what the rules said, we made it our own. Personally, I didn't like the way my children were making it their own because I ended up getting the bad side of their new rules. <laughs> Don't take anything I say as uh, something you have to do. This is only what works. What I mean, it doesn't only work for me, but what I'm talking about is strictly from my own experience and from what people tell me when I get emails or notes from people, uh, my lovely listeners that have sent me comments and encouragement and stories to share and questions. I know I do quote Neville and I quote others, and that's great, but I don't ever want to talk about anything theoretically. I only want to talk about something that I experience when it comes to this type of thing, what Neville calls the law of assumption, uh, what 2020 calls feeling it real. You call it whatever you want, but if it, you know, if you like the Bible, the Bible says whatever you ask for in prayer. And prayer is that motion in mind, that movement in imagination. Whatever you're imagining, if you're believing it, 
if it's an ongoing belief, you're believing that you have it, then it will happen. So whatever, however you want to say it, it comes down to what do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about your world and what's possible? Are you thinking, well, I've never really manifested anything big. Forget that. Forget big and small. There is no big and small. Don't get, I was in that trap for a while. Oh, the big stuff. Some big things are easy. Some small things are easy. But then, then I realized that the awareness of being that is me, that is conscious of being me, is the same awareness of being that permeates everything, permeates my universe, my sweet penny, that my dog that's lying next to me right now. That same awareness of being, what the Bible calls God, the self-existent one, I am, is conscious of being you. And if you're thinking you haven't really seen any results from your imagination, you found me. Yay for you. <laughs> you found the feeling twisty. How'd you find it? I certainly don't market this. I ha I'm not selling a book. And the only promotion I do is Instagram. I think I have 30 followers. <laughs> or maybe it's more than that now. I can't remember. But it's not many. And I have a small little Facebook page where, and all I really do is just post when I post a pot, when I upload a podcast, you know, and the YouTube channel, but I don't promote any of it really. I do this because I can't hold back. This is what I love talking about. I love sharing my experiences and my insights with you. And I know putting it out there. And you finding this, and, and I know it gives to you in some way. Maybe it gives to you, maybe it gives to you in a way that's like, uh, okay, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> it's still giving to you, but I just enjoy talking about Neville Goddard. I enjoy talking about how what we are imagining, our concept of self, is who we are, and then what we experience on what appears to be separate from us in this outside world is us, is reflecting us. And even to say it's reflecting us, to me, I still pick up a little separation, you know, that if it's reflecting that it must be separate from me. It only appears that way. What I'm experiencing in my world is what I'm experiencing inside me. In imagination. And I know there's talk, I know Neville even in his early books talked about, used the terms conscious mind and subconscious mind. That's fine. But in the, for me, I've gotten, you know, I started got, gotten to this trap of, okay, well, then I need to reprogram my subconscious mind. What are the tricks to reprogram my conscious mind? When all I really need to do, and all you really need to do, you can let go of all that, of trying to figure out the terminology. And ask yourself, how would I feel if I were already wealthy? How would I feel if I were healthy? 
How would my wife respond to me? How would she, what would be the look on her face when she sees me stand up for the first time in years? You go straight to the feeling. You can let go of trying to figure out the terminology and get some framework in your mind that it's, okay, it's got to be this way and this is this and this is that. You could skip all that if you want to and go straight to the feeling. If you're constantly having that feeling, dwelling in that feeling of being your wish fulfilled, that's what you were being. And you remain in that and remain in that, continue existing in this new state, this new state of mind. And the doubts fall away and the triggers fall away. Your reactions to those triggers fall away because you're dwelling in this new state. You still have reactions. You still have thoughts and beliefs and manifestations. But they're different because you're dwelling in this new state. Think of a wealthy person that you know or someone in your community. You know, I'm sure someone, you got to know someone that seems like, you know, wow, they got it all together. They can drop money and go spend and have parties and they don't seem stressed out about anything. Now, you could dig too deep into it and think, well, I'm sure they've got stress and they've got to worry about something. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about how do you see it? You see them having this ease and comfort. They're comfortable with money. They're comfortable with spending money. So when you're dwelling in a state of wealth or a state of prosperity, you're really dwelling of it. In when you're imagining yourself in that state and continuing daily with that feeling, not worried about it's got to be this date, it's got to be tomorrow, but this new state, you, when you're dwelling in this new state, then your, your beliefs about money do change. I've mentioned that before. I've come into money before, but I was still dwelling in that state of lack. So the money disappeared quickly because I was terrified of losing it and our, you know, big chunks of money. But then as soon as I get it, I'm, I would start imagining, okay, six months from now, what am I, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay for things? This money is going to be gone. And sure enough, guess what? It was gone. And I was back to the old way of living because I never moved. I never dwelt in this new state of prosperity. How you go shopping changes. Ask yourself to play with it in your imagination. How would I experience shopping, grocery shopping, if I had, if I could just go shopping and not worry about money? Could I get the name brand instead of the Kroger brand? What would it feel like to just wake up in the morning knowing that I, I don't have to worry about money. What would it feel like to be able to drop $1,000 this weekend on fun things, just for fun, and not counting down the money, you know, every debit out of my checking account after every transaction? So whether it's specific or general, for me, the most important thing and the key thing is how would I feel? How am I feeling being that person? Hmm. Neville calls it that peculiar certainty. In prayer, the art of believing, he refers to this confident expectation. So if you want to be specific, be specific. If you want to be 
general, be general. Even me telling you what works for me doesn't mean that it works for you. You might be dead set on, I only get things that are very specific. I only get things that are very general. If you move into a new core state or fundamental state, maybe a thriving state where you're thriving financially, you're thriving in relationships. This is just an idea. You know, you're thriving. To thrive means to prosper and to flourish. So you're thriving in love, thriving in finances, in relationships. When I hear, you know, talk about thriving, I think of someone that's, everything's good. Everything's going their way. They're just, they're prospering and flourishing. So find a core state. What would I feel? How would I feel waking up every morning knowing I'm thriving? I'm thriving. Mm, dwell on that, something like that, and feel the, that power that's inside you. Feel it. Just talking about it, I can feel it inside me. Just, hmm. It's very empowering. It's self-empowerment. So find a wonderful foundation, core state. Change who you are, your whole concept of self. Then new ideas come to you, new things to imagine for. You're not doing it from a, you're the state of lack anymore. You're doing it from this new state and things become more fun because you know that what you believe to be true, what you assume to be true about yourself if you have a desire and you accept that it's yours, that it's yours, from this new state, you see clearly, of course it's mine. Of course I can do that. Anything is possible. All right, guys, this was a lot of fun. I love you. This is Feeling Twisty.